Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 84 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Stephanie, and I hope our chat will help connect your passion towards a STEM career. Stephanie has a PhD in physics and is focused on solar physics and is currently doing postdoctoral research at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Fill any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Jeff. I'm, yeah, I'm a postdoctoral research fellow at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Um, my research is focused on uh, studying these huge eruptions that come from the sun they can hit us here at earth and cause huge uh, disruptions to our technological systems so stephanie so you're 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 studying solar flares and i'm an electrical engineer and i engineer and i understand that when the when you get solar flares there's solar energy that gets created magnetic fields alpha particles i'm not sure i quite understand exactly what gets created but it does affect electronics so can you go into a little bit about how you predict this and what type of um, impact it has on electronics today? Yeah, so there are different types of solar phenomena. You've got the solar wind, which is essentially the extension of the sun, which is constantly hitting the earth. That's one of the things that can cause the aurora in these technological problems. You have solar flares, which are these intense uh, patches of brightness on the sun. And these accelerate energetic particles at us and then we have these huge eruptions that come from the sun that travel at hundreds or thousands of kilometers per second and they also hit us uh, slam into the earth and cause these technological disruptions and the main kind of things the main problems we face are we have problems with the, any satellites up there so anything to do with uh, gps signals radio signals we get radio blackouts if there's a huge uh, storm and the uh, aurora, you can see the aurora, that gets quite disturbed, the auroral oval. You also get problems with the power systems, so that's a real big problem uh, for people. For, for in the UK, we have uh, what is known as the national grid, and so they have to protect the transformers and the, the coils in the transformers. Um, so it, it affects everyone on a, on a daily basis, really, whether you're just a you know, a civilian or whether you actually use, you need these satellites for whether it's communications or anything, anything else, really. So Stephanie, how did you, how did you get into this field? So when, apparently when I was little, I always used to take things apart and, and fix things. So uh, I'm surprised really that maybe, maybe I would have been an engineer instead. But I really liked maths at school. Uh, I guess a lot of people <laughs> might not actually admit to that, but I really enjoyed maths, and I really enjoyed like applied maths. So uh, physics was physics was on the cards. But it was there was two things really. There was a trip that I got to go on when I was about sixteen or seventeen, and that was to Johnson and Kennedy Space Centers, and it was an all expenses paid trip um, for. It was through the Gifted and Talented initiative that we have here. And I couldn't believe my luck. I got to meet five or six astronauts, talk to them. I got to go in the vehicle assembly building. Uh, I got to, you know, I got to go around the two space centres. And that was kind of what made me choose physics and go on to do physics at university. And I was just really interested in astrophysics. But then I got talking to one of the... Uh, professors at the university I was studying at and they said well have you thought about the sun the sun's particularly interesting and so 
I've gone from thinking about studying a PhD in really exotic objects like black holes and binary systems and white dwarfs to actually our sun is quite interesting and it's our closest star. It affects us on a daily basis. So um, I ended up doing a, a small research project like an internship during, I think it was during my third and fourth year at university and then I got hooked on the sun and ever since then all my projects have either been whether it's at university and doing my master's my projects were about the sun and then I went on to do my PhD in solar physics so it kind of stemmed from there it wasn't what I initially thought I'd specialize in but um, you know you kind of sometimes you kind of fall into these things and that's kind of how it happened yeah, absolutely, Stephanie. I mean, you have to have an open mind as as opportunities come your way, which it sounds like you did. As as different opportunities flowed your way, you, you took advantage of those. So if we if we look forward, um, you know, you're doing postdoctoral research, which means you know research after your PhD. What comes in the future? If you could look out five, ten years, are you still doing research at the university? So I'm hoping to stay in the in academia and stay in research. Um, it's sometimes can be quite difficult to do so because of the funding. I'm lucky enough to have just had my contract extended for another three years, so I'll be a postdoc um, for the next three years at the University of St Andrews. But I'm hoping eventually that I will either get a fellowship or secure a fellowship and then eventually a permanent position so working towards getting a lectureship and um and then continue from there i know the the uk and the us system is slightly different on this but essentially i'm looking for that permanent position um at a university so stephanie so thinking of uh, our stem nation audience which are you know junior seniors in high school and early college students and they're thinking about this okay you know what i really like you know, the solar system and studying, you know, black holes or studying the sun. Um, but I don't really want to be a researcher, right? I want to, and I don't want to be in academia. What are some of the paths that they could follow um, outside of academia? Well, it depends uh, what you're interested in, because I think uh, I, I knew that physics, it, it wasn't why I chose physics, but I knew physics was quite a broad subject. So you could, you could do anything really you could you could teach so you could become a physics teacher and teach about astrophysics stuff like that um, I'm obviously a research scientist but you can go into the engineering side so there's a lot of my friends that build parts that go onto the um, go on the satellites or build instruments that go on the satellites um, but then there's other things so there's forecasting so whether you like uh, kind of weather forecasting or space weather forecasting um, from these, you know, looking at these eruptions and trying to predict them. Um, there's loads of things. You could be a geologist, a meteorologist. You could go into the energy sector. That's quite a big se sector at the moment or anything to do with um, technology. So I think, the, you know, that it really does open doors for you um, if, if, you if you do that kind of degree. All right. Thanks for that insight, Stephanie. I'm going to ask you a question here. What's one thing that you think would be really interesting for the audience to know that we don't know about the sun? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, so uh, one of my favorite facts about the sun is so the, the light roughly from the sun's surface takes about eight and a half minutes to reach us. So essentially you're looking at the sun in the past. Um, but what I find even more fascinating is that light has come from the centre of the sun and it takes over 100,000 years. I think it's like 160, 170 
thousand years to reach the surface before then it takes eight and a half minutes to reach us so it really does take a long time for those uh, little photons to actually reach the surface of the sun so why does it take would you say a hundred thousand years from the center of the sun to reach the surface is it the gravitational pull of the sun it's it's to do with the fact there's a lot of scattering uh, processes and off the, the particles in the sun so it actually takes the photons um, quite a long time because it's not a straight path out of the sun there's actually a lot of collisions and a lot of interactions that go on and so that's why it takes so long to reach the surface um, and then once it's out into space it, you know it just travels out very interesting thanks for that tidbit it's it's always interesting to ask that question i ask it infrequently but maybe i should start asking it more because it's it's kind of enlightening so thanks for that stephanie stephanie what is one thing that really has you fired up today if you're talking about my subject and what i'm doing at the moment i think we're really getting to a point we're really starting to reach these milestones i think in not just solar physics i think uh, in space travel in general we have you know we have all these private companies like spacex boeing and virgin galactic and we're all starting to hit these milestones where we're starting to see space travel as a more common thing we put you know we're putting the money into it and we're actually going there and so i think recently spacex had one of their rockets reach the international space station and docked with the international space station and actually return back to earth so it's things like this and we have um, we have some satellites at the moment, so you may have heard about the uh, Parker Solar Probe satellite, which is actually the closest object to the Sun at the moment, so it's inside the orbit of Mercury, and it's actually the fastest travelling object in our um, satellite in our solar system at the moment, So, or in space in general. So I think the fact that we've got this technology, um, the technology is finally catching up, and we're able to do these things that were maybe once science fiction are now starting to uh, become a reality. I think that's something that's very exciting. All right, and thanks for that, Stephanie. And we're going to move to an aha moment. Could you take us to a time of incredible aha moment you had and how you may have turned that into success? I think I've already given it away, unfortunately. I think it was that moment where I went on that amazing trip to, I met all these amazing people that either worked at NASA and we got to do loads of activities. So I got to be in, um, I got to be in the old control room at uh, Houston, Texas, at the Johnson Space Center, and I got to say the famous words, "Houston, we have a problem." So it, it, <laughs> yeah, I was actually sitting. I was the commander at the um, at one of the stations, and there was there were two teams going on. There was the one team that was doing all the experiments in a separate room, and that was kind of simulating being up at the International Space Station or something. And then there was the communications team down back on Earth. And we were essentially what they were doing is we were simulating these experiments, and all these problems were being thrown in to, you know, it was going as far to see how much we could cope with, and so everything was going swimmingly and then there'd be certain problems you'd have to communicate things to the team backwards and forwards a bit like a real mission a bit like what you'd imagine some of the Apollo missions are like and it actually it was very interesting and actually quite stressful at the end but the fact that I got to sit there and uh, joke and utter those words Houston we have a problem it was moments like that that really thought this you know this really made me think this is what I want to do I want to be uh, involved in something like this or, or work in this kind of industry. And that was my kind of moment where I thought, yeah, this is what I want to 
today. You know, it's STEM Nation. You have to you have to take advantage of experiences as they come along. And, and if there is no experiences coming along, you know, go seek them out to get the experiences. See what is it that really would have you jazzed up about what you could do in the future. So, all right, Stephanie, and you've got a PhD, which means you had at least, I think, I don't know if it's the same in the UK as in the US, but you have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and then you went on for your PhD. Is that correct in uh, the UK? Yeah, so it's very it's very similar here. I think the timings are slightly different. Uh, the, only, the only difference that I had is my bachelor and my master's were actually together, and that doesn't even happen um, that often in the UK. I was allowed to do, I did four years to study for my master's, and when I got my master's, I got my bachelor at the same time, and then I spent three years... Uh, studying for my PhD, which is, I think, is quite condensed compared to the US system. I know some people spend about five or six years doing their, their PhD. Yeah, that, that, that does sound condensed. It sounds like the PhD is typically longer than that, which means that you had to, to work really hard, I'm guessing, to get through all the way through your PhD. What is some advice that you'd give to STEM Nation thinking of pursuing all the way through a PhD so that they could be successful through college? So I think I think you touched on it a bit, really. I think one of the main things or one of the best pieces of advice I've been given and one that I've taken to take every opportunity that is, you know, that you have that is given to you. And that really, really helps, um, I think, you know, for you to progress. Another thing is just perseverance. I think, I mean, to do to do a PhD or to get that far, you, yeah, you obviously have to be good at something. You have to have some talent. But I think a lot of people don't realise a lot of it's more about perse- per- perseverance and actually picking yourself back up if things go go wrong and, and carrying on, essentially. So I think it's mainly having the perseverance and also just being quite organised and having everything... Um, keeping on top of everything. Um, so, yeah, it's. I, I think perseverance is a massive uh, quality um, yeah. to have. Yeah, I agree, Stephanie. I mean, you, you got to have some talent, right? you got to have some abilities, but it's really the grit, it's the perseverance, it's sticking to it and just grinding through it, and you're going to have the failures along the way, absolutely. But it's how do you react after those failures? Do you pick yourself up or do you just get down on those? And, and I think that those are the differentiating aspects of you know, the qualities to be to be successful through college. Yeah, and I think if you find something you're really passionate about, then it makes it a lot easier to do it, you know, if because sometimes it can be very hard when you have uh, rejections or something doesn't go quite the way you've planned, but you can pick yourself up and turn it into an experience and go, well, that's happened, it's out of my control, you know, I'm just going to carry on. And you've got the, the perseverance and the passion about, that particular subject or something you're particularly doing then it does you'll look back at it in future and think well that happened but you know I'm, I'm where I am today it doesn't you know just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure it just means that you just need to keep going until eventually it, it will work out in your in in your favor essentially yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Stephanie, we're going to take a quick pause to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook. You could head to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you decide to cancel within 30 days, there's no cost and you keep the audiobook. And Stephanie, it's lightning round time. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> All righty. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So I touched on this. I think it's to take every opportunity that you get given. And a personal habit that contributes to your success. I think it's, I'm quite a conscientious person, but I mainly think it's the perseverance. 
and a favorite internet resource or phone app and why? So I quite like, there's two that I like. There's the Night Sky app um, because I like stargazing and I like uh, running stargazing sessions. And that I think that's free as well. Or um, one that's more personal to me is the Solar Dynamics Observatory app. So one of the satellites that studies the sun, you can actually download images of the sun. Uh, the latest images of the sun to your phone awesome for free yeah i'm gonna go check that one out because we sit around the campfire and we look at the stars and we have the stargazing apps and we'll go get the uh the sun app awesome thanks for that stephanie and if you had to recommend one book what would it be so it's one that's quite close to my heart is 15 million degrees and this is by professor lucy green who was my phd supervisor um so that that's one that i got on my bookshelf Well, that'll all be in the show notes. And Stephanie, if somebody wanted to connect with you to get more insights or to understand a little bit more about what you're doing, how would be the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, So there's various ways, but the main ways are probably through Twitter. So I think my Twitter handle is S-L-Yardley, so Y-A-R-L-E-Y. Right. And Stephanie, we'll put that in the show notes along with your LinkedIn connection and As we wrap up here, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation and then we'll say goodbye? Just not to give up and to to go for it, to really go for, if you've got something you're passionate about, then don't give up and and go for your dream or your goals that you set. All right. And with that, Stephanie, we will say goodbye. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Stephanie. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player and share with a friend. Tune in next week where we talk with Rebecca, who is focused on epidemiology and biostatistics. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion in STEM.